So first and foremost, our condolences to the victims and families of these terrible acts. Prayers and thoughts aren't enough. Another heartfelt Obama speech may be more comforting than what Trump said, but it's not enough. Haven't we had enough as a people? It's been our friends, our neighbors, our families, our co-workers, even our children who have been senselessly killed in nothing. But it's okay for someone with a mental illness be able to purchase a high caliber weapon. For what? Oh, to use in schools, in a church, in movie theaters, in the workplace, in Walmarts, in synagogues, in restaurants, and in clubs. We become numb to lives being lost by these acts. Mass shootings are a common thing now. They have become as American as apple pie and baseball, and that should be a problem. Your favorite fat boys. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite fat boy, Jerron, and... Stefan, a.k.a. Mayhem, a.k.a. Mr. Rambo of the Hood, a.k.a. AR-15 Killer. Hmm. Well, AR-15 Killer, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about the shootings that just occurred recently in El Paso and Dayton. We're going to also talk about the ice raids that are going on and. As we speak, actually, they're, they're still ongoing. Is there a, uh, I guess, a goal in mind for him? Because you said, like, they all, like I, that's a question that you made me think of when you said that. Honestly, I think the goal is to please his base. Okay. I mean, that's what this big showing is. It's to please his base. He said that he was going to get rid of the illegal immigrants, make America great again, and part of that is getting rid of the illegal immigrants, so... That's what these are for. So, uh, our condolences, you know, to the you know the victims of the the two mass shootings over the over the weekend in El Paso and uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, it just it, it's become too common of a thing now. You know these mass shootings. Uh, it, it's it's becoming now more so like, oh, what happened? Oh, damn, that's fucked up. You know where was it at? And like more so, we want to find out who did it. And we find out it's another white guy almost, most of the time. Yeah, the vast majority of the mass shootings that have occurred in America in the past 20 or so years have been young white males. So, my question, I have a few questions for you. So, when we talk about these mass shootings, um, one, why they happen so often? I mean, generally in the pantheon of... The number of crimes and things that can happen, they don't happen that often. But because the media coverage is so prevalent, it seems like it it happens more often than it really does. I mean, the likelihood of you being killed in a mass shooting is still extremely low. But granted, you know, spouting out numbers doesn't look good from a human perspective. And also, a thing that's occurring more often is the fact that you know, access to guns is extremely easy. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a pervasive thought that you want to harm individuals, 
it is a lot easier to do it now than maybe some 30, 40 years ago. That's a good point. Like when you said, um, you got to rephrase it, or say it again, is that um, the number part of it like is not a as high a risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, statistically speaking, you're, you're more likely to you know get into a car accident or have a heart attack than you are to be involved in a mass shooting. But because these things are more prevalent now, at least they seem more prevalent now than they used to be, and the fact that it's always such a large number of victims that it's ticks all of those emotional checkboxes. Right. Because when I, my first uh, when I first heard about this, it's like, damn. And then like next twenty four hours, is like, what the fuck, you know? Right. And I know we it's been so many over the last within this last decade. Um, one that I felt some kind of way about was <clears throat> the, uh, the the Sandy Hook shooting, right, right, because yeah. they cause they were they were it was like kindergartners and some first graders who were, yeah, who were murdered, school, yeah. right, who were murdered, and it was like, damn, like if this ain't a wake up call to you know start gun reform, the conversation for gun reform, what's going to be enough, you know, and nothing happened then. Nothing happened when uh uh Columbine happened. I think we were still, we, yeah, we were in school then because I, what was that, 99, 98? Yeah, it was in the late 90s. Yeah, so we were both in school and I didn't see any kind of change. Like, we didn't have no kind of conversations about, you know, what to do um, if something like that were to happen. Um, shit, I went to Northern. Yeah, you were, you were definitely in a, a high risk area. Right. In high school. So, and then, were the people probably carrying guns in there? Probably so, but nothing ever sparked off. In school anyway, with a gun. Right. Um, but like, there was never any protocols been put, put in place back then after that. And, uh, my twins, they, they were, they're six, they're, they're going to second grade. They have protocols in place. Um, when a, if a school shooting happens and it's, I'm glad they have them, but it's also scary to think that you have to have protocols in place and that a child memorizes that. To know that, hey, I, if a school shooting happens, I have to go across to the safety zone. I mean, you kind of have to think of it like this because it happens more often. It's the same way as back in the uh, the you know the uh, the fifties with nuclear bombs. That was a reality. People right. had nuclear bombs; somebody could drop one. So they did training for preparing for a nuclear explosion. Granted, the training was retarded. You mean tell you mean tell me the training when they went on the table, right? Yeah, duck and cover was you know part of the training for preparing for a you know a nuclear bomb to be dropped because that there, there was the uh, the prevalence of it. it. It was a possibility. So the fact of the matter is, if something is a possibility, you you train for it. One question I have for you, off of that aside note, how much did they pay the man to come with the idea, hide under the desk, and can we go find him, take his money? <laughs> <laughs> More so, it was a placebo because the U.S. government knew what the effects of a nuclear blast would be, but they didn't want to scare the public. Oh, okay. They knew that if it if it exploded close enough for you to see the flash, you were already did. Oh, you were gone. You were like that scene in Terminator Two on yeah, the on the gate. Much. Okay, I'm done. Um, what was my other question? Oh, one thing I want to point out is that by you saying, but you know, on that on that same topic. They are now selling uh, bulletproof backpacks. I think it's at Walmart. Well, I saw $120 a pop. Yeah, yeah. I, I do recall that uh, being a thing, which even more shows you 
the state of the country mm. that that becomes a viable product. That that to me it bothers me because it's like instead of uh making some kind of real change, it's like now some companies go about a profit off someone's fear. I mean, that's always been a thing. If you're you know, we're a capitalistic nation, this is corporate society. Fear is a great money mover. Hmm. I mean, just look at when, uh, you know, mass shootings happened when Obama was the president. So people were afraid that Obama was going to start taking their guns. During, after each mass shooting, the weapon that was used in those mass shootings saw spikes in sales because individuals assuming that because this you know Democrat was in office and he's talking about you know changing gun laws, they, he's going to take their guns. So they just started buying them up. Yeah, I remember him. Talking, it might have been um, during his campaign for his reelection. I had to be, and somebody asked him in the audience, like, "Hey, you know, what's what's up? with you taking our guns away?" He's like, "We're not trying to take your guns away. We're trying to start the conversation on gun reform." But everybody thinks that we're trying to take your guns away, and we not we not we're just trying to get to the point of the conversation. Well, that's the way the Republicans framed it. The Republicans, the NRA, and all of those you know various mouthpieces framed it like he's trying to take the guns away to get the people to not want to have that conversation. You, you got to realize that the NRA is one of the largest lobbying bodies in the country, and they're backed by gun manufacturers. Why would gun manufacturers want to have any kind of ban on gun sales? So it's the hand the cookie jar and the pocket at the same time. Of course. So break That's it down. How American politics work. So break it down for people who, for them to understand, dumb it down. What what is lobbying? Lobbying, in in a sense, is a company, a corporation, people setting aside large blocks of money so that they can influence politicians, either through gifts or direct donations to their campaigns and to their offices. That's a bribe, right? It's a legal bribe. In so, a sense, it's a legal bribe. A legal bribe. Okay, so break down, break down the same way we talked about before. Break it down to legal bribe. So it's thinking of it the same way. In, uh, there was these, you know, this, the college admission scandals. Mm-hmm. Now I can give a college, I can donate a million dollars to a college to erect a building and guarantee that my son can get into that school. But if I were to give a million dollars to the academic coach for him to forge some documents to get my son into the school, then that's illegal. Either way, I donated a shit ton of money. I gave away a shit ton of money to get my child into a school. But it's the gray areas of how you look at it. So in, when it comes to government, lobbying is legal bribery. So on a moral grading scale, how fucked up is that? Oh, that's extremely fucked up. Okay. That means that corporations and individuals who have a lot of money are the ones who truly affect policy, which we've already seen. So, how, well, what what should gun reform be? I mean, well, first, there's a thing, it's called common sense gun laws. Like, mm-hmm. you know, full background checks. If you, if there's any you know, criminal activity in your record or any, you know, history of mental illness, you shouldn't be able to purchase a weapon. And these and these last two shootings, they, they, they these guys didn't have any mental illness, did they? Uh, at least uh, the... The El Paso shooter did not. He would have been able to purchase a gun legally, own a gun legally, but that is indicative of another systemic problem that we have in the country currently mm-hmm. is the racist rhetoric that is being parroted throughout the media and from the highest offices in the country. 
But gun reform would need to start once you can remove the individuals from office who are in the pockets of the individual uh, of the people who want to make sure that gun sales flourish. So how do we get to how we how do we curve them? Well, I don't say well, I don't say curve them, but a lot eventually these people are going to either be out of office or somewhere another pass pass die, or they'll uh, be voted out. But is there I guess like how do we get to the people who are going for those positions to make sure they don't kind of you know divert to that? Well, I mean, you have to be able to remove the money from the politics, which okay. is uh, a bigger fight in and of itself. Even be even beyond just getting gun reform started and talked about, getting money out of politics is an even bigger fight. So we got problem on top of problem on top of problem. That's the way it always. Because it amazes me how you're speaking of money, how much money some of these politicians have made off of, you know, seeing, I guess lobbying for these other companies. And like they get millions of dollars. Millions oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, of dollars. You can look online and for you know each state representative and see how much money they made from you know specific organizations. They have that information. So you can see that you know this individual got twenty two thousand dollars from the NRA or this other individual got you know fifteen thousand dollars from some anti abortion groups. You can see the amount of money that they received. And then you can look at their track record of voting and you can kind of put two and two together. Makes sense. Now, if I were a politician and then already gave me $2 million, you know, to make sure that I pass a, I passed a law for, you know, in favor of them, but they have a change of heart. I don't, you know, pass that law. Do I get back the money or how does that work? No, I mean, the money is in your hands. You could, you could have a change of heart, but that would affect any other money that you could possibly get from them. If they had enough money and the willingness to give you $2 million, mm-hmm. would you really want to go against somebody who could fund your campaign for another couple of years? Mm-hmm. And again, it's not like... it's They do their research. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give to like an AOC who they know is already against them. They're going to give to people who, who looks very favorable in their direction and help to nudge them in the direction they want them to go. It makes sense, but it's also disgusting too. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way politics. That's the way capitalism works. Money moves everything. Well, it's a song. A lot of songs about it. Money makes the world go round. And uh, and another thing that you know, again, that also definitely needs to address, especially with the incident that happened in El Paso, is that the racist rhetoric that is being tossed around and parroted by you know places like you know Fox News and from the President of the United States. Because again, the individual in El Paso, Texas, has already confessed to the fact that he went to that Walmart and shot it up because he was targeting Mexicans. And he, he wrote a manifesto, and in that manifesto, I think uh, The Daily Show did a very good skit of it, where they pointed out all of the things that he wrote in his manifesto that were talking points from Fox News yeah. and from Trump. Yeah, I, I I caught that, and you know you you you're feeding you're feeding them that, and they're eating it up, and that's what they believe. Like the whole thing is like, oh, they're murderers, they're rapists, they're taking your jobs, but it that's not the case at all. Like the whole like the whole what we get into that the ice the ice race later, um, but it's, it it's, it doesn't make any sense. And but he, but he's built his campaign off of that and. That's what got him in office. Well, it doesn't make sense to sensible people. 
the people who believe it aren't sensible. Hmm. They might be in a, a distraught situation, and when you're in that place, you need someone to blame. My life ain't shit because of me. My life ain't shit because of those outsiders. It's always the us versus them mentality. That's stupid, though. That's so stupid. So for you to blame a whole group of people for for your situation. I mean, it's it's stupid from a, a connected world, mm-hmm. but it's not stupid from a survival standpoint. Because the, the group in the us versus them was how we survived as humans. It's, it's hardwired into our DNA. Hmm. That's why it's so easily to manipulate people in that respect. My other question for you is, how come these white shooters are treated with such care and respect, but black people, we are shot and they are believed, we are shot, we're killed, we're treated like shit. And they all believe that we have a weapon, that we are more dangerous than someone actually committed a crime. Well, I mean, again, that's in line with one, racism and the racist laws and the portrayal of black men in the media. Whereas we are seen as bigger, more aggressive, more dangerous, even if that's not the case. And the fact of the matter is you can look at it, even the same rhetoric that is used. If, uh, what is it, the San Bernardino shooting, mm-hmm. they called them you know, Muslim terrorists. But, you know, most of these white shooters, they won't call them terrorists, even though this is an act of domestic terror. They're calling it now that they're not terrorists. Well, yeah, terrorist, nowadays they're trying to frame it that way, but beforehand they weren't. They no. wouldn't call it, they wouldn't call these white shooters terrorists. But, you know, they get, they've been getting dinged on it lately. As they should be. But again, it's a part of it is the, the, you know, the media portrayal of the super aggressive, dangerous black man. If that's all you know, and you don't know any black people that dispute that image that you've seen, that's what you believe. I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too far with this, but it, that it, that just bothers me because it's um, thinking about um, uh, what's it, what's his name, Dylan Roof, right? Uh, the guy who shot up the the church, the members of the church, and they they took him in, they took him so nicely, put him in the back. He didn't like he roughed up at all. Took him to Burger King, get something to eat. Like, like he did, like he he looked like he did nothing. But yet, you have people like uh, Eric Gardner who was choked out, um, and we can go on and on about that. You know, about the victims that have been have, have people have been killed by the police, and they've been treated with no respect, no dignity. And well, just, we and, know that it's a systemic racist issue. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's not going to change because we talk about it at this point. These, these things have already occurred. They, these things need to happen on high for that to happen. And then it needs to be generations to go by before the systemic racism is completely wiped out. Are we there yet? No, I mean, because we still got old white people in charge who are re- extremely racist, right. who are conservative. I, I'm not going to say like right and left wing, but conservative in the notion that they believe that, you know, back in my day, it was better, even though it might have been better for you, but it wasn't better for everybody else. Exactly. I 100% agree with you on that statement there. So, uh, I mean, it's not it's not too much to say. Um, as far as like the mass shootings, I mean, I want to bring it up because it's something that is is current, and we talk about you know, the current events. The, the podcast is based off conversations and me and stuff I have, and I always ask them like, "Hey, what you think about this? What you hear about that?" And like I said, the most the one that I think I got I'm most emotional about was the the Sandy Hook shooting because right. it's like. That's what says. Why are you going there? And kill these kids? Be like nothing was done after the fact. When New Zealand happened, the, the shooting over the mass. New Zealand happened. They banned assault rifles 
um, assault weapons across the whole the whole uh, nation. Well, the thing is, is that there's a different culture. America is a gun culture, mm-hmm. so it's harder to make those changes in the people than it is for a place like New Zealand, where this thing isn't common. True. Gun deaths in America are common. So mass shootings are becoming more common, but gun deaths in America are a common thing because guns are a part of our culture. Yeah, it's, they are. It's, it's a you know, it's in our constitution, it's in our media. We make guns look like they're fucking cool. They're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, granted, I could slice my bread with a bullet from my gun if I wanted to. <laughs> you a bad motherfucker. Because <laughs> that's how cool guns are. Yeah, I remember growing up, we would play with Nerf guns and water guns and stuff like that, and like it it was that was the thing to do as a kid, you know. And like I said, I have twins, I have a boy and a girl. My little boy, he plays with Nerf guns inside the house. I'm afraid of I'm I I do have a concern, and I'm afraid for him to go outside and play this Nerf gun because Tamar Rice, uh, I forget I forget how old he was. He's a young kid as well, who's playing with what a, he had a BB gun, right? Yeah, I mean, the difference is that Nerf guns don't even remotely look like real. No, they don't. They're very colorful and bright. But I look at them in the store, and they got clips. You know, they got, like, extensions. They got... They, 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 they're they very they, playful they, they take imitate, on a real gun. They imitate real guns, but they don't look anything like real guns. So, for the exact purpose of, you know, not confusing the two. Exactly. But he he had, uh, I believe, some kind of a some kind of a, a play toy. And I think he had, like, a, that orange cap on the end of it. If you are you you are an officer, you're a trained officer. You should be able to know that that the difference. You should be able to know the difference. And the fact that as a kid at a playground. I mean, again, training and fear are two different things. Ah. The the military goes through this, you know, extensively to try to remove the fear aspect from the training. But you can't completely take it out of you a hundred percent. And police don't go through nearly the extensive training as military officers do. So. Mm-hmm. When that weapon gets pulled out and pointed, fear kicks in first and foremost. You either gonna run from the threat, freeze up, or you're gonna fight the threat. And the threat response for a police officer is gun out. So no an- analyzing is in that situation. No analyzing again. That's what that, training. That's analyzing. That's what tra- okay. the training is, so that you can analyze the situation before you react. But you need extensive training to do that. Police officers don't get that same training that military personnel do. Yeah, I'm, I, my concern is he go outside and he's playing, you know, with the, you know, with his friends with the guns, and then somebody mistakes. I, I mean, I, I hopefully know a neighbor would not mistake a Nerf gun for a real weapon and say that oh he's somebody's playing with guns out here, and then there comes a situation where you have to, you know, intervene or something happens to him. So it's, it's just like it's that whole like oh time to change kind of a thing. It kind of it hits home. I mean, but, you know, this, if you grew up in the hood in Baltimore or any other hood in in America, there's a legitimate concern. It was always a legitimate concern that, you know, a police officer or someone else could pull out a gun and injure your child. So, it's not like it's a new thing. No, it's not. I think it's more, I think it's more so just new because it's happening so frequently. It can't. Well, not new. It's happened so frequently, but it's happened more frequently. Yeah, it's more prevalent as opposed to frequent. So, you, uh, what's what's your experience with guns? Oh, I mean, um, I have a, a gun happy family. Mm-hmm. So, on my father's side, they they're all big in the guns down in the country. You know, everybody has their 
They're, they're handguns, they're pistols, they're AR-15s. I am not a fan. I mean, I grew up in the hood, and I have been extremely close to gun violence. I know what a bullet do. And it ain't cool, it ain't pretty. So I've never been a fan of guns. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of guns. Um, I definitely want to go to a gun range and had that experience with it in a in a in a train facility. Yeah, I mean, I I have done shooting. I do know how to operate a weapon. I do know safety. When we you know go down to the country and we were doing shooting, I was teaching everybody gun safety because I know it and I want everybody else to know it so that I ain't shot. <laughs> so can I hold my Glock light sideways or if you? Want to drop your weapon? Sure. Hold it sideways because you ain't hitting nothing like this. And okay. the likelihood of you dropping your gun from the recoil is extremely high. You told you told Joseph that? Because he wanted to go around <laughs> doing this. Because, yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, well, so, and well, also with, you know, with uh, the, you know, the, the recent shooting in El Paso and the racist rhetoric, you know, we got the ice raids that are happening prevalently and currently. And I yeah, know you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, because it's uh, as I, I I follow uh different uh news blogs, and they're showing video of the uh, ICE agents like taking these family like these these uh I don't know why I don't call them immigrants, but these people from like their families and their jobs and different places and, and different times and it's, I mean, it's being, it being real aggressive because if you've immigrated from another place and you settle somewhere else, you are an immigrant. Okay. Just by, you know, definition. So, but yeah, there is one video, uh, where they, uh, I don't know. They followed them to that appointment, but the ice agents got a guy and his family. Well, they got a guy with his family, um, at, at the daughter's appointment with his newborn. And they like, hey, you gotta come with us. He's like, I got, I'm trying to take my, my, my child to a doctor's appointment. I have a newborn in there. He's like, look, either you come or we gonna come. You gonna we gonna come in there into the car and get you. One, we gotta do is either the hard way, the easy way. He was like, you're not taking me, but they busted out the window, and some glass got on his kids. Um, but it was like a very disturbing scene to see that they would go to that, they go that length to get him. And I mean, so, because it's a, a disturbing thing when you think about it that. They are spending all of this resources and time to round up these people who are honestly just here in the country illegally, as opposed to doing any actual illegal activity or harming anything or anybody. Yeah, I was about to just ask that. Like, what what is the big crime of them being here, other than not being, I guess, documented that they are a U.S. citizen? Or how, or how they might have crossed into U.S. territory, but is there any other like crime they are committing? Like they're working, providing for their family. Well, because that's why that's why you frame it as illegal immigrants. Because the fact that you're here and the, the method that you got here isn't lawful, you're already a criminal. So regardless of what I do to you afterwards, shouldn't matter because you're already a criminal. So because you think I'm a criminal, well, because I, I've illegally gotten here some way. You gonna just say fuck it all and just treat me in any kind of way? I mean, essentially. I mean, if, if we treat criminals who are natural citizens like that, why would we treat people who aren't natural citizens who are criminals just for being here any better? I don't know. I think it gotta be a better way to do this stuff. Well, oh, like, I mean, there's definitely better ways to do it, but 
this is the big showy way that Trump wants to do it to please his base, to show his base that he's doing what he said he was going to do. And part of making America great again is getting these illegals out of our country. And then what? I don't know. Things get better. I, I, granted, it's already been proven from an economic standpoint. Once we remove all of these people, the, the amount of money that they generate is going to drop substantially. But, you know, you can't tell nobody that. Because they they'll start to you know scream, but they're giving them free health care, which they're not. They're not paying taxes, which they are. <laughs> so you say they're losing losing money. How 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 so? Because these are people who are working in the country and spending money in the country. Ah, okay. They're injecting money back into the economy, money that's not leaving the country. I mean, there are some individuals who work and they send their money back home, but that's not a huge portion. That makes sense. So you so so Trump, you want to remove you want to take money out of the country, pretty much. Essentially, yeah. That's smart. Well, I mean, again, but it's to please his base. I mean, and I I don't like to judge people on the things that they believe or call people you know something that they may not be. But if you support Trump and these policies, it kind of makes you a racist, even if you want to say that you're not. If it talks like a duck. Because, I mean, you know, even with the shooter in El Paso, he was targeting Mexicans. He wanted to, you know, take back the country. Tell you a little something about Texas. Mexico and Mexicans have been in Texas since Texas was used to be Mexico. Because all of our southern states were once a part of Mexico. You know, we went to war with them to take them away from them. Those, those Hispanic people didn't just get up and leave. I mean, shit. All of our those cities are still named after their names: El Paso, San Diego, Los Angeles. We even have a fucking state called New Mexico. Boom! <laughs> but you know they're destroying the country somehow. I just I, I hate the fact that a, a a presidential candidate and someone who's president now can create this rhetoric of a group of people are so bad, but yet. You had you had what you had like neo Nazis. You have uh, you have these white supremacists, these domestic terrorists, who are plotting and actually taking and carrying out these acts because they feel so comfortable because of who's in office now. Because again, he didn't create it; it was already there. Yeah. He just confirmed that they they had somebody in office who believes what they believe. Yeah, I've seen things where uh, they they said like you know when Obama was in in, in the country. You know, he 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 separated America because he he was a black man in office. But I feel like racism was always there before Obama before Obama got in office. But it came it more so came out when he was running for president that first term. And now you have someone who's spewing that 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 racism rhetoric. I mean, even with that, Trump was uh, one of the individuals who was really heavy in the birther movement. That you know, Obama wasn't American. Oh he yeah, was from Africa. And he was going to sell America to the Muslims. Yeah. Also, as always, as a first birth certificate. Mm, yeah, yeah. So again, the racism was always there, yeah. but now that the person in office firmly believes it and confirms it for the base, it's just becoming more prevalent. So these ice rays are just a big showy way of saying, "Hey, my race is back." Is I'm still doing my shit though. <laughs> 
Uh, it's so sad. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to point out with the mass shootings thing is um, that they, by definition, that mass shooting, it's been like, I think, 251 mass shootings into 2019. Yeah, because mass shooting is based off of the number of people who were shot. Right. And so it's four or more because of that mass yeah, shooting. Four or more because of the mass shooting. That's 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 real that's real crazy to me because four people is well one is too many, but they but but by them actually giving it a, a number is like it seems like it's causing it's creating a narrative like you know at any given time a small shooting or any shooting is bad but it can just be another labels another mass shooting. Yeah, I mean if more than four more people get shot, it's a mass shooting. That just the definition of it. Now, granted, you know, there's a bigger toll when you start to look at you know the number of people who were killed and the number of people who were injured. Mm-hmm. But all it takes is four people. Mm. And ice raids are aren't any better, so it's it's been a a heavy heavy week. Um, and my you know my thoughts and prayers go out to victims of the the ice raids. I I, I don't think that they should be taken away from their families in such a brutal way. Um, I don't. I don't know how or where to begin to create that dialogue of how you know how, how to better that. I mean, part of the problem with you know there is uh, you know I hate saying this illegal immigration because the legal immigration process into the United States has become almost impossible. I mean, yeah, you so were telling even me that. for you know, asylum seekers and people who want to legally become citizens of the United States, the the immigration process has become almost impossible. And it's become so damn hard that it's just so much easier to just come into the country, you know, I- illegally or, you know, be here legally, you know, a visa runs out and you just stay and work and live here than it is to try to apply for citizenship or legalization. And and when you go through the process of becoming a, a U.S. citizen, it, it's uh, I've heard it, it was like it costs a lot of money, and it takes people sometimes even years. Oh yeah, yeah. Why does it take it, Why does it take it so long? I I guess they want to make sure that the people who become legal citizens really want it. I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> really want it. <laughs> <laughs> How bad do you want it? I mean, if you you want to spend the years and the money to to become a legal citizen, then you really want it. Even though it's it's always been so weird to me because you know being a citizen of a place you don't choose where the fuck you're born. So why is it such a big deal whether or not that you become a legal citizen of a place that you are and you live and you work and you stay and you put money to into? Because I, I get more privileges be you uh, than you because of the fact that my parents decided to bone and have a baby here. It's so fucking weird to me. It's always been weird. To I, I just don't, I don't understand it. And you know what? We're not in politics, so it's not for us to understand. No, it's not. We're, we just, we just got our opinions on it. We got, we got freedom of speech, so. We're just two black guys who think about stuff. <laughs> we're happy and we're singing and we're colored. <laughs> we're not brothers, though. <laughs> <laughs> High five. So, and another thing that came up this week was, is white supremacy a hoax? No. Well, there you have it. <laughs> I was just like, why is that even a topic? Not even going to legitimize that topic with a discussion. No, it's not a hoax. And we shouldn't because it is real. So, I think we covered enough for this topic for today. Um, 
So, you know, yeah, I think you're right. So that's our show for today. Hope you all enjoyed. As again, I'm going to give the spiel because I give the spiel at the end of every one of these shows. You know, hit us up on Gmail, your favorite fat boys at gmail.com. Watch us on YouTube. Comment, like, subscribe, all of that YouTube shit that you already know how to do. I know. I don't have to explain it to you. Listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Music Play. Get up there. Listen if you don't want to watch us so that you can get this information because it will definitely inform you and help you better your life. I make lofty promises. What he said. But uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been subscribed, subscribed, who have been listening and watching our little videos on Instagram and everything. And Facebook, we appreciate it. I appreciate it definitely. And, uh, you know, keep on listening. So thank you. Peace out. Peace.